another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 190, and it's the first episode of 2020. It's a lot of math. I can't believe we're in the new year, but I'm ready for it. Bring it on. Uh, This episode I recorded a year ago in Nashville, Tennessee with Todd Michael Rogers, and he tells all about his life story up until a year ago. And since then, he's had a baby girl with his wife, and that's their first baby. And it's very exciting. Uh, Todd has invented a game called Spell Saga. He talks a little bit about that, but mostly he talks about his upbringing and childhood and his outlook then and now. Uh, I really enjoyed the conversation quite a lot. Really interesting guy, funny guy, uh, (laughs) very dry sense of humor, which I love. Um, Yeah, so I hope everyone's festivities went well and y'all are looking forward to the new year. There's a lot going on for sure. Um, I spent my Christmas driving uh, across country and so that's exciting. Um, I'm actually recording this. I said that in the future tense and the past tense. I'm actually recording this before Christmas so because I'm going to be on the road. But when you listen to this, I will have traversed across the continent. So that's very exciting. I'm going the southern route into Texas and such, trying to avoid weather at all costs. And I'm so excited because I had a bunch of stuff in storage, which I'm getting all of it to bring here to Los Angeles. And that includes 40 houseplants that Ellen's mom has been house-sitting for me. God bless you, Angie Severe. Thank you for that. I'm so excited to have my green babies back. I'm a total indoor plant nerd. Can't really do much about outside things, but the inside, I do hug trees when, when they're okay with it. I never hug a tree without its permission, but me and my indoors, whoo, love them. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. So Todd and I had a great conversation, really interesting, uh, tons of links on the links page. And yeah, I'm looking forward to you hearing it. Other news, uh, Instagram and Facebook, you can find Hey Human Podcast. Uh, you can email me, Susan, at heyhumanpodcast.com. I already mentioned the links page. Definitely go check that out at heyhumanpodcast.com. Rate and review Hey Human on iTunes. If you want to know more about me, go to susanruth.com on the World Wide Web. And uh, what else? Oh, my social media is Susan Ruthism. And then if you are feeling in the giving spirit uh, after probably spending all the money there is in the world on the holidays... Um, please go to the donate page on heyhumanpodcast.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support it uh, via donation, please do so through that donate button there on the website. Okay, I think that's it. Thanks for listening and happy new year. Here we go. Todd Michael Rogers, welcome to Hey Human. Hello. It's a good thing there's an S on the end of that or else you'd have three first names, which would make you a serial killer. Or a superhero. Oh, do superheroes have three They first have names? two first names, but I feel like three is okay as well. Oh, okay. All right. I want to make sure that it picks up me drinking on. Okay. It's a lot of vodka. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a minute since I had some vodka. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. Yes. So we met uh, because uh, I ordered a pizza, and you are a uh, restaurant guy, and... Yes. As people are wont to do, we got into an interesting conversation, and you are... It was, it was a strange night, yeah. You think? I think a little bit, yeah. Oh, well... In a good way, but okay. it was... Yeah. I, yeah, so you have a lot of very interesting... Your background, it was very intriguing. Oh, good. Yeah, and I thought, ooh, he'd be interesting to have on the show, so here you are. I am here. Yeah, and you said yes, which is also very cool. <laughs> well, I really like attention, so oh, it, it good. worked out. Right Thank on. Yeah. All right. So let's go back to the beginning. You're from California? I am from California. Yeah. Was that a good upbringing? Or? I mean, <laughs> since I'm 34 and I work in a pizza place, I guess no. But yeah, yeah, it was good. Well, it's a good pizza place. It's high-end pizza. It, it's Shout out mafiosos. It's a lot of, it's, it's, it's really good money, but it was an... It was an accident how I ended up there anyway. It was a, a confluence of events. But yeah, yes, I was <laughs> yeah, I was born in Hollywood, California to two very young uh, punk rockers who had just found the Lord. 
and moved across the country because they were young, pregnant, and my dad had a job opportunity with my his with my mother's brother who was in California. So okay, it was like hold a, on, hold up. There's already so much in there. There's a lot. Yeah. Okay, so they were they were punk rockers who met and fell in love and got pregnant and then found the Lord, or they found the Lord in California. Where did they find the Lord? Where okay, was he so living? so my dad is from. Uh, close to Daytona Beach in the 70s and 80s in Florida, which was like still super party there. You know, that was what people did. And then my mother was from the uh, frigid <laughs> Northeast. Uh, and they were, she moved down there. They were both, I think, 20 when they met. And they were on the new wave sort of punk scene. They were both in bands. And, cool. And my dad kind of stalked her, I think, a little bit. But they ended up together. And then they, as you do when you're very young, uh, immediately got pregnant with me. And uh, my mom didn't know for like three months that she was pregnant. So there Did was... Did she keep partying? Oh, yeah. And I think it definitely showed, like, like in the way my brain works. Yeah. Yeah. They kept, they kept partying, hanging out. But anyway, they, uh, they, <laughs> they, they met, got pregnant, found the Lord probably within this... Six months, I think. Did they find the Lord because they got pregnant? I don't think so. I think it was just, you know, after you're after you're done partying and dancing in in Florida in the eighties, I mean, what else are you gonna do? I guess buy a condo, maybe. Maybe, maybe. There was a big like uh cult like revival Mm. of a certain strain of Christianity that hit in the late seventies and early eighties. Which strain was that? It was the strain where uh, people didn't have a lot of money, so they would meet in places that they would dub vineyards. And uh, it like I remember growing up because we were like my friends used to live in it deep in the church. Was like my dad was like the worship leader and stuff. So we would go. It always be some weird place. Be like, okay, we're in this movie theater for the Lord, but at one o'clock we have to leave because we're going to start showing Jurassic Park. So that would be like. It was like that, and there was a lot of like... That's irony if I've ever heard it. <laughs> yeah, and there was like a lot of crazy uh, rules uh, in that specific sort of uh, uh, strain of Christianity. Which strain was it? I, I, oh, I don't have a no name for it. it. Oh, I guess okay. uh, uh, crazy 80s Christian strain. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, and so you you have memories of being in that church and everything. Oh, and yeah. that was in Florida still? No, that was that was in California. Oh, so that was in Southern California. So did they, they find religion in, in they Florida. Found they religion find in Florida, oh. and then they were pregnant, and then they had to move and drive across the country immediately because they only had one prospect, and that was my mom's brother. Okay, and what was that field in? Some sort of data entry level sort of job, mm-hmm. I think. Had uh, your uncle also been in? into the church or was it no no my uncle is a writer from new england who has lived in california since he moved there in the early 70s i think he still lives in the same apartment uh rent controlled i hope yeah rent controlled for sure which is why he's still in the same apartment and what used to be uh the scary part of koreatown which is now the really nice yeah koreatown's really uh uh-huh it's real nice now yeah yeah Yeah. all the cool kids live Mm -hmm. there wow that's cool. I'm sure his landlord loves him. I'm I'm sure. Yeah, he was there during the LA riots and stuff. I mean, we were too. We were out in the desert by then, the meth desert of uh, Palmdale and Lancaster. Meth desert. Yeah, there's a lot of right I've after we moved. Movie. Yeah, <laughs> be a good yeah. movie. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad supposedly since I've left. Wow. Yeah. yeah some, the country is being swept up in all those sorts of things. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so teenager years, you're coming up. Were your parents still in the church then? Real hard, yeah. And how, did, yeah. how was that for you? It was uh, it was not good. Do you have siblings? Yeah, I'm the oldest set of six. Whoa, lots of siblings. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they kept uh, liking each other. Do they so, still like each other? Yeah, most of the time. That's As any couple that's been married for... Gajillions of years. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're still pretty good. They're back in California. They moved here to nashville for like 20 years and i moved back oh my dad's in the film industry now and uh yeah they're doing okay yeah so you are the the head child 
not in anyone in the family's eyes, but yeah, I was the first child. First child. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so as you're coming up in that, and the religion is such a big part of, I'm always fascinated by this because families. Did you grow up with religion in your family? Uh, my my dad's a scientist, my mom's an archaeologist. Not that that precludes religion. Sure, but, but there's um, more of a logic based. Well, and they were very, and I've talked about it before, but on the podcast, but they were very much. Um, my dad's Jewish, my mom's Episcopalian. Mm. And they were very much, these are all the major minor religions. These are the mythologies. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the ancient wisdoms. You right. know, they, they talked about the earth religions, all that stuff. And I was five, by the way, <laughs> when they had this conversation yeah. with me. Um, and they said, we don't get to tell you who you are. That's your journey. Mm. But we'll support whatever journey that is. And that's so cool. I would go to temple. I went to friends' churches. I mm -hmm. went to church with my mom on Sunday, temple on Friday with my dad. I studied mm. Hebrew and Latin. Wow. Like all this whole, all the shenanigans. And I was, and I've, I've never lost my fascination with religion or why people choose to or not be mm -hmm. in a spirituality or a religion or a, or a non, yeah. non, or, yeah. you know, a science or, you know. That Again, sounds like a healthy, excluded. healthy way to, to go about it. I, I mean, it works. It worked for me yeah. for sure. I don't know that it would work for everyone. I think um, some might say that is a lack of um, cattling. Maybe, <laughs> but, but and maybe and that's some okay. Need that, but for yeah. me, it worked for me for sure. I don't know. My, I'm the only one of the kids. I'm the only one that believes in something. How many kids in your family? There's three of us. Okay. So, and I'm the baby. I'm the accidental whoopsie baby. Right. I was and, the accidental first. So, uh, okay. Yeah. 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 So there you go. Here's yeah. the happy accident. Yeah. <laughs> and pizza. And pizza. Um, and yeah. So I think that's interesting too because, you know, having the journey for oneself yeah. is a healthy way to go. I think I had my own journey eventually, but it was all. We were raised, not even biblically, we were raised in a fear of everything from demons to people who were different. What does that mean? Uh, well, Everything was wrong growing up. Meaning so people that you, weren't in the religion? or People that weren't okay. in the religion, people that, that had different lifestyles, perhaps, uh, you know, if you were gay, uh, whether you were a family member or not, that was hidden from us for many, many years. Was anyone in the family gay? In the extended family, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And did your parents know that and just say, no? Nope. Oh, yeah. They okay. just kind of, yeah. It's they... interesting coming from Florida, which I, I don't know. I just equate, I know Florida can be super duper conservative. but It it's can, also, but can... it was like that specific strain where you're going to church two or three times a week and you're being indoctrinated in fear. And I'm not saying that's everyone's, you know, no. thing, but in, in this specific style of growing up, which is funny because... Not to jump everywhere, but so my wife also grew up in the meth desert of California, but her whole life, and we didn't know each other till we met here, but we were in like the same like Sunday schools doing like glitter pictures of Jesus together, but we had no idea. Wow, that's so cool. It's insane to me. Also, Jesus glitter pictures are cool. Those are cool too, yeah. I feel like now I want to go make one of those. Well, but. we still can. <laughs> On it's, the next it's episode. not hard to do, but it, it, so it's, so in that way, it's kind of funny because I don't believe in anything. And yet if I was to believe in something, it would be that th absolutely. It's like, oh, well that shows there's a plan or God's like, granted, it's a really good story, but it's, it's crazy happenstance to Does me. Does your wife believe that it's a God thing? I don't know. I think we've grown together to the point where we have allowed each other our own thoughts and journey which is uh hard to do as a couple for some reason but but i think she believes in something more than i do mm -hmm. I and, and that's okay say. Right? Yeah, yeah absolutely as long as as long as something isn't holding anyone back i'm all for it you touch on something very interesting that hard to do for couples i think that that may be stems from a fear of oh if this person believes something different than me or is growing in a different direction than me yeah if i if i if i let that happen 
mm -hmm. if you had any choice. But if I let that happen, they might grow away from me. Right. And that's a terrifying thing. Is which, how you think when you grow up in any sort of cult like situation. It's all based on fear and control. Mm. It's not all about heaven and hell. It's, you know, every single aspect of your life is fear and control. Mm. And certain people are more. Uh, prone mm. to that behavior like like my whole family has like a ton of like obsessive compulsive disorder and stuff like that and like that's anything you can you can uh, if anything says here's a guide to to controlling this thing or 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 keeping that fear at bay uh it's it's like a bomb for your head that's constantly shattered and fractured and you're touching walls and picking up trash because you're afraid that you know the devil's gonna eat your family if you don't do it or something which i totally did growing up yeah i had all sorts of weird uh rules and rituals and things to stay safe that was all it's like the idea of like early occultism or something like that but it was all stuff i had made up based on how i was raised and your dad was the pastor he was the worship leader oh let's explain the difference okay so the pastor is the one that teaches the lesson until he is inevitably outed from the church for doing something, which is usually how vineyards kind of roll. Is there's a lot of turnover because there's a lot of money coming in. So this like is that. the name of the church's vineyards. It's yeah, it's a type of Ish. church. Got it. You know, okay. there's this vineyard and that vineyard. Got and it. and uh, uh, my dad was the worship leader, which is you know you have a group of people that wanted to be full-time musicians and uh, either didn't make it or have decided to push all their efforts everything, towards the church, uh, which is fear and control. My dad was the worshipist. He would be the one that would lead the, lead the band. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, so it, it'd, be like, uh, it'd be like a live band. Yeah, and he'd yeah. be playing electric guitar, acoustic, and singing. Yeah, they'd have like a little uh, projector from the 70s and people be putting these little flip slides on and you have to be, everyone be reading the same things and like, <laughs> these songs that were uh they sound like christmas songs but like that you would sing if you were burning someone's village down like that's that's kind of how they they sounded oh my god yeah <laughs> it's like the m, m night Shum yeah, yeah yeah which i, I think is something i'm thing, trying so to get to towards in 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 my own music is that style too like yeah there is sort of a, a off-putting and i mean that as a compliment because yeah. i think that's what you're going for in your I think music so, when yeah. i listen to it it's like ooh, that's that stirs up some stuff yeah yeah, yeah it's, i'm trying to write i write songs when i need to mm. and so it's like a way to deal with some shit and uh so hopefully i'm glad that that comes across that sort of yeah awkward sort of not not horror move but sort of weird sort of thing where it's something makes you a little uncomfortable yeah it should a... and i like a lot of discordant chords mm -hmm. and i can't really play guitar very well mm -hmm. so it just open hey, strum Kurt everything Cobain made millions on making people feel slightly uncomfortable yeah. i'm not sure why they feel that way yeah um so how old were you when you went Mm, this seems not quite me. And were your other siblings coming in line with you, or did no? We, I was. I was. Kid? I was the weird kid. I was kicked out of the family by the time I was eighteen or nineteen. For, that was the first time. For what was it that time? I don't. I, <laughs> if I had to boil it down, it would probably be because I was strung out on prescription drugs that I had been forced to take <laughs> and losing my shit. Forced by them? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I was I was a weird kid. I had some definite learning disabilities. Like I I was weird. My head works strange. Like I, I took pre algebra three times and couldn't get it, but I I got geometry like immediately. Sure. Like I would get certain things. It's a different kind of math. Yeah. And I was emotionally overreactive. I think looking back probably because my parents were very young when they had me and there was not a lot of emotional boundaries growing up and it's hard to uh, and we homeschooled for part of the time until they put me in public school, so it fucked me up, right? And I'm not, like, blaming my parents. Like, they were doing their best. It was just, like, there was a a certain order of events that led to uh, me not being able to uh, act like a normal human being until I had been on my own enough time to uh, 
burn my hand on society's oven, you know? So that was, I was probably, it's funny because I posted a picture on Instagram of myself in ninth grade on, and, and it, uh, I wrote something about like, oh, this is me in ninth grade, highly medicated, da, da. and my mother, it like bounced to a page on Facebook that I had that I didn't even know my mother followed, and she said, highly medicated, and I was like, fuck are you talking, yes, you guys have a bunch of medicine, like it was like, I was on three times the amount of Adderall I was supposed to be on, like I looked and sounded insane, I was wow. on crazy amounts of speed, Yeah. so that was probably a big reason why I was kicked out of the family. How is the culture shock going from homeschooling to public schooling? I got the shit kicked out of me on a weekly basis. I had a shoe imprint on my stomach once for three weeks. Like, I got, I got, everyone in the school hated me. And that's not like a hyperbolic thing. It was like, I was in seventh grade when I went back into school. Oh, rough year anyway. I had, yeah, I had two friends. One, um, uh, had a little boy haircut and he'd get in fights with his cat at his house. The other one, his nickname at school was Titty Wonka. Those are my two only friends, and wait, did you say he got in a fight with his cat? Yeah, he would fight his cat when he would go home. He was like this little kid with this little boy haircut, and he would like fight his cat when he got home. And the other, huh. the other guy who <laughs> had the mean? horrific nickname, he would just go with. It was like, oh my god, this poor guy. I mean, I had terrible nicknames too, but uh, uh, his mom called the school once and told them I had brought evil to school. Because His we're in the mom. South, yeah. And so I was pulled out of class once. So when I said the whole school hated me, the, the principal who was seldom seen walked, at, w walked me out of class and asked if I had brought evil to school and what that might mean. And I'm like, I'm like you know, I, what? So was that child's family also in this religion? I, some sort of similar religion. There's a lot of different uh, clusters. There, okay. In the South, yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, this is still in Florida. No, this was here. This was, oh, this, this is was, in Nashville. Yeah, so my parents and moved. Okay, I'm sorry, I must have missed. So my parents got pregnant, moved to California, had four kids. We moved to Spokane, Washington, for like a handful of maybe maybe two years. They had another kid. Then they moved here, and they had the last kid. Okay. And that's when I went into. We all suddenly instead of there were so many kids, it's like okay, we're going to regular school now. Got it. All right. Yeah. Now I'm caught up. We hopped around a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hard anyway on kids. It was not it was not great. Were you bonding within the children within your siblings at the same time because at least you'd have each other? No. I mean, not really. Like I I love them and I like them. Uh we did not What are the age differences? Okay, so let's see. I was born in 84. Asher is a a year and a month younger than me, I think. My mom was like breastfeeding me when she was throwing up from morning sickness with him. Lord. Yeah, I know. And then uh, my brother Sam, I think he's three years younger than us. Uh, my sister Olivia, she's like 27 now. Great names, by the way. These are good names. Strong. Except Todd. Like I, don't know. My, I asked my dad, I was like, why, why would you give me the name Todd? Because it sounds like if you stubbed your toe and had to think of a curse word like super quickly, Todd. Like, he's like, oh, well, when I was a kid, that was the coolest kid in school. His name was Todd. I was like, why? You knew that was going to backfire. Like, why would you curse me with that? <laughs> That's hilarious. That's probably why I have so many nicknames. But, yeah, Todd. Todd, Asher, Sam, Olivia. Uh, Benjamin Henry, and uh, who goes? He goes name. by Ben, but it's a good long name. That's a good thing. name. Yeah. And then uh, sounds like a writer, Benjamin Henry. It does. And then the youngest is Joy, Aww. which is her middle name, but that's what she goes by. So. Oh, that's a lovely name too. That's good. Yeah. yeah. And I, what do they all wear? What's their stories? Not to speak for them, but are they all over <laughs> the place? They are. Well, they were. Now, um, Asher. And Sam and Ben, all my brothers are in New York now. Mm. And uh, Asher and Sam were in a band and then called The Cactuses. And it was like, it was tropical punk. It was cool. And then... Tropical punk? Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Does that have a nod to Dickie Dale or not no, really? No, it's just, it's just this some, it's thing that thing. they sort of... It, it, it was okay. cool. It was like, it was a while ago. It was over 10 years ago. But then Asher... 
then the band moved to South Korea, right on the demilitarized like border, and that's where Ash was living for a while. And then he was in New York with my brother Ben, and they were in a band called Captain Baby, which may or may not be a band still, but it's super good stuff. It's weird. Okay, I love that name. Yeah, it's real catchy and real weird. Um, I don't know where... I just talked to Ash the other day. He'll call me at random times, and it's always the most unexpected... He's always like, hey, brother. I'm like, what? You never call... What do you want? What happened? And like he'll be like living in an asbestos-lined closet in New York and some bar, some stuff. But he's, you know, he's he's he is on his own journey. He's something. on his own journey, but he is an incredibly talented artist that has been trying to figure out what he's doing on Earth for a while, just like many of my parents' kids. And you know, Ben's a musician. Sam Sam is or was a musician. He was in a band. He was the lead throat, uh, which sounds pornographic, but he was the lead. He was like the lead screaming. I've been that. Yeah, yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> he was the lead uh, singer uh, for this band called They Said We Were Ghosts, which is a pretty, pretty That's good name. name. Pretty yeah, good name. Taking yeah. all these yeah. names. Yeah. I like it. Huh. All right. Uh, are your parents still religious? And when did they? I, my mother is. My father recently, my dad has a, on his best of days, a showmanship sort of quality to him. And so we were in a hotel room a couple months ago and he goes, out of the blue, we're all saying, he goes, I don't think I believe in God anymore. I'm like, God damn, why did you, did you owe me a huge apology? But like, and then like, I just saw him recently and we had this like really good, uh, defining father-son moment conversation recently. It was on Halloween, actually. and uh, Way to bring evil. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, he said uh, uh, he thinks maybe he does now. He's he's trying to figure out what, what he thinks about it all. But it's it's a big step for anybody to go, I believe this thing for this long, and now I'm going to go in the uncomfortable territory of exploring why and what that means and stuff. Do you think that will corrupt your parents' relationship? Or do you think they'll be fine? No, they're both in love and dramatic, and they, they would be bad without each other. And they know that. Mm. You know. So it's, you said that they live in California, and your mm -hmm. dad is in the Hollywood uh, He's in the, the finance sector of the film industry by strange roundabout ways but i mean he must have had to like go of the not liking gay thing because you know he that's sure a did big, big he, he sure did yeah movie culture yeah he i mean i think i mean it's not it's not just him i think there's a lot of people his age that that sure. all say that same so like i don't have any problem with it but it's like it's like always I, beware of the butt yeah and i mean i i grew up like like you and i are are what when were you born that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had to grow up learning a lot of shit, not just outside of Christianity, but just like, like, uh, I had to figure out like, oh, I'm kind of sexist and I'm kind of racist and I grew up that way and I got to figure out why. You were trained to feel that way. Sure. Like absolutely. That. Absolutely. But like, it just like, especially working in a restaurant, like it's crazy racist in a restaurant. It is? Yeah, for sure. Oh, see, I would think there there's so many cultures represented in the restaurant. Go to any restaurant, see how many black people work in the back, how many white people work in the front. Oh, I see what you're saying. And then okay. there's the whole I thing. I thought, the, I thought, I guess I was thinking in terms of, well, I know that people of different cultures work in restaurants. You're talking about who gets seen versus who doesn't get seen. Who gets get seen, seen, who gets the money, who, and then you got which tables come in. You know, it doesn't matter what, I've worked at a lot of restaurants and the, you learn as a server to feel racist and you have to figure out how to stop that thinking as quick as you can because it's like, oh, this table isn't white, they're not going to tip. It's like, first of all, that that behavior is institutionalized and it's it's the fault of white people to begin with. So let, you know, you have to, every time a table comes in, you have to try to tell yourself like, it's a clear playing field and there can't be any prejudgments because of course at the end of the day, uh, it's true there is no prejudgment, but like you get it in your head, and especially a lot of the older servers that I worked with. In I'm not saying even my restaurant, but plenty of other ones have have been, you know, 
really shitty, great people that happen to be really shitty racists. And you're like, where did that come from? Mm. Yeah. I think that's an important point to make that, that it's that whole thing of it's Bill Cosby. I always bring him up because, yeah. or, or Hitler, for example. Uh, it's well, they're like, kind of in the same page now. Well, yeah. well, like, well, not not really, but they're different. But I see what you're saying. Yeah. Bill Bill Cosby is a comic genius. He's also a rapist. Yeah. Are those mutually exclusive? Well, of course they are. You can be a comic genius and be a rapist. Right. And that's just, so that's the, it's an interesting thing to point out. I always say like, oh, well, somebody loved Hitler. God mm-hmm. knows, you know, Ava or whatever. Yeah. So it's it's a bizarre thing to think about that these the people who have thoughts that are are maybe darker or mm-hmm. or more hateful or whatever, they're still could be they could be funny, lovely people in general. That was a big part of. It's a weird thing to wrap your head around, though. And I big, think it's an important thing to talk about. It was a big part for me growing up the way that I did, which was to find out that your thoughts uh, aren't necessarily evil, it's your actions. Mm. Which, you know, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing Dumbledore from the Harry Potter books, but that is that is a big part of trying to deprogram any sort of uh, cult-like thinking. Sure. Is to figure that out. Well, it's... it's Yes, it, you can go through your whole life thinking the worst possible thoughts in the world if you don't act them out and you don't treat people poorly. Mm-hmm. And you have to figure out how to be honest with yourself too. Like that's that's not okay. What I'm thinking right now that's that is wrong, and it's actually probably because of these things. Or even if you think it's right, yeah. Even if you think it's right, it doesn't have a place maybe outside of your brain. Yeah, there's a lot of like so so like there's a lot of jokes, and you'll. I have a lot of friends that have done stand up or wanted yeah. to things like that and there's a lot of people there's a lot of really dark humor in any restaurant or any sort of industry like that where you have to work a lot and there's a lot of physical labor it's, and it's bad but uh it's and it's, human interaction cuz people can be jerks yeah it's well I've been yeah. on dates where my date has treated the servers horribly and I'll never go on a date with that guy mm-hmm. again but it's it's like wow really you needed to flex yeah. that moment that's weird for, that's weird so for gross. me serving cuz I I did not serve tables growing up at all like that's that was just to pay for a fantasy card game so it's like it's it's weird to to see the public through that sort of lens now, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, I'm I'm being judged right now because I'm serving you. I understand. Okay. Also, because my hair is crazy, I get it. Like, it was bleached out before. So, it, if you serve pizza with like purple or green hair, you're gonna get a look, and that's okay. I, I totally get that. That's fine. <laughs> that's so interesting. All right, so that was a really great left turn yes segue into a bunch of other stuff are you close with your parents now i am yeah Yeah. for sure but and your siblings they sort of check in here and there and um some of them yeah Mm mm-hmm they're all we're all really late bloomers Mm. and um i didn't even start getting my shit together till i was 27 and met megan my wife and like I'm still getting my shit together. So if I'm 34, yeah, I, I just assume that for all of us in my family, like to figure out who we are is going to take a few years and or maybe a lifetime. Maybe a lifetime. I mean, that's true for all of us. Maybe so. Yeah. Some people seem to have it down, but those people tend to bore me. <laughs> I get that. Um, you wrote in your email to me that music saved your life. What did you mean by that? <laughs> I think that's, that's a very true. big thing to say. When my parents moved back to California, uh, I was 30, and my dad, who used to be a songwriter, had not played his electric guitar for a long time. It was it was just hanging on the wall of our childhood house, and they were just kind of like taking everything and leaving, and it was just, just still hanging there. I said, hey, you want me to hang on to that for you? Because I had been drinking and playing drums when I was drunk in my friend's basement. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll just grab the guitar. Let's be fun. And uh, I, I, it had been like a year or two where I was like, I really want to play guitar. But like, I wasn't going to act on it. It was just more like I had never felt like that before. Everyone grows up like, oh, I want to be a rock star. But like, I had never physically wanted to like hold a guitar. And like, they were around the house growing up all the time. There's plenty of guitars and basses and super crazy amount of instruments. 
And uh, especially because my brothers were all in bands and they all practiced at our house. Like I could have played anything I wanted to, but I didn't, didn't give a shit. Uh, but I turned 30 and the guitar was hanging there. I was like, oh, let me hang on to that for you. And uh, he said, yeah. And I, and I took it home and uh, I would plug it into uh, like a blues amp my brother left behind. And I would just kind of pick at it and play at it. And I didn't know anything. I knew one chord and I, I named it based on what I thought it sounded like. I named it Evisceration. It was a C, <laughs> but I didn't know. It just, that's what it sounded like to me. Uh, Evisceration C would be a great band name. It's not bad at all, at all. And I started like doing that thing where I'm making shapes with my fingers, and every time I would, uh, it was a it was a pretty rough couple of years that I was having, and every time I would have like uh, some rough uh, thoughts or feelings, I would just sit there and just strum these shapes that would make me feel better, and then I would start putting the shapes together after a couple months. I'm like, I think that's a song. Mm. You know, and, and come up there with the melodies and singing. Yeah, I guess so, right? Yeah. Because music is mathematical, right? Yeah. But you, if it spoke to you in terms of shapes, it, it makes That's sense. That's all I can do, too. Like, I've tried, I've tried to learn, you know, otherwise, but like, it's all I can do is figure out something that sounds like the way I'm feeling, save it as a voice memo, and then string them together at some point. That's the only way I can write really well at all. And uh, I try, I was like, I'm going to put a band together. And it was it was so poorly planned, but I was like, I'm gonna we're gonna call ourselves uh, Jesus destroy them because I thought it was a funny phrase like praying for God to destroy your enemies seemed like the exact opposite of what you should pray for. And then I eventually was talked out of. It. I was like, you're right, people are gonna think that's something else. It's not. It's a joke to me, but people are gonna think it's something else. I've lost my head. Anyway, uh, I I kind of kept trying to put people together, and they kept flaking or not want to do it. And uh, I met this guy named Zach at a party. And Zach was like in a touring band. He just got back from Japan. He's still touring with his, his real band is what I call it. And uh, <laughs> uh, we were at a party and uh, I had heard he had like a recording sort of space. And I had like maybe five songs. I had voice memos of at this point. I was like, hey, uh, I, I'd love to like play with you or something like that. And he's like, cool what are you trying to do is like i want to record on vhs tapes and then pull them apart and then string them back together and then record it crinkled up like that and he's like that sounds bad but let's do it <laughs> and then we still haven't done that but we've been recording and playing together for like three years that's now. cool and what is that band's name that's efforts mm -hmm. Which, so what is the subheathen so subheathen is me but is that not the name of also? So it's it's everything that I make is under that sort of banner. Okay. Or business or whatever. How did you pick Subheathen as your moniker? Zach helped. So it was going to be Suburban Heathen because everything that I make is something that my parents would have told me was evil. Mm -hmm. And now, of course, when I share it online, I'm like, they're super proud. And so it's, it's, it's funny to me. Everybody but like, grows. Right? Yeah, everyone you're does. And uh uh, so Subheathen is like my my music. So I've got the band Efforts, and I got the band Beset, and I've got a side project I'm trying to do called Death GIF because it made me laugh. GIF or GIFT? GIF. Okay. GIF. Dot GIF. Dot Death. Dot GIF. That keeps on giving. Exactly. So and then I got comic books that I make and poorly illustrate, and I got my card game and whatever else I want to make. Just as long as Subheathen. What started the card game? adventure because so for the listeners you have this game and it's it's a solo player i'll let you describe it all but it, to, to take on that kind of, that seems like a monumental it was impossible yeah it's if it yeah it should have been impossible especially like now it's a little easier to do stuff like that but when i started thinking about it, it was it was impossible it was uh nine years ago this month uh i came up with a, the idea for a game that was uh, solitaire style, so you play it by yourself, and it's. I wanted a game that felt like a story, like I wanted to be able. To, I wanted someone to be able to open a box when they were feeling lonely and go deep into a world that would mean as much to them as any uh, movie that they that they loved or something like that. And uh, it took a couple years to get a prototype that worked, and. Uh, when I 
when I before I even had a prototype, I guessed the email of this guy named uh, Peter Atkinson who owns the world's largest board game convention. He got Dungeons and Dragons famous again when he bought it from uh, TSR, and he started Wizards of the Coast, which does Magic the Gathering, Hasbro bought him out and stuff. So I guessed his email on the sixth try. I said, I got the next big thing. <laughs> I'll meet you anywhere. And he, he was like, all right, come meet me at my giant convention. And I was like, it's in three months. I was like, fuck, I didn't have anything that worked at all. And I was in my first, the end of my first crumbling marriage. And I was 26, I think 27. And uh, in three months, I completely put this thing together. And my cousin Lauren, who was in high school, helped do art for it. And she's still the illustrator of the game now. She's out of college now. And uh, I, I went to I went to Gen Con as a convention with my buddy Sakroka. And uh, we I pitched this game to him, to this guy, Peter. And he said he really liked it. And he would probably publish it. But he had just stopped publishing games. And then I went home, uh, got divorced, got kicked out of the house, and ended up living above my aunt's garage alone with this game I had made for people who are alone. <laughs> Why did you get divorced? Um, the real question is why did I get married? But sure, is that to have sex? <laughs> that's why most religious people. No, are no, I was <laughs> no, already. That's a terrible thing I to was say. already. <laughs> I was already bad at that. I was already doing that. Uh, I got married very young because I think that artists like to define and tell their own stories, especially people that might have grown up with a childhood that they did not enjoy. And I thought, well, I liked the story of how I met this person, and I made this happen, and I'm going to I'm going to force my life into this sort of mm, current, yeah. And it wasn't the right person. There was a lot of problems. That is a very interesting thing to look at. I've, I've never thought of it that way. That you know, you have this story that is yours because you were born into this family, mm. and when you're old enough to then tell your own story, yeah this fantasy life that sounds so good that you try and shove who you are into. Yeah. I mean, people do it all the time with like, especially it's so easy now with Instagram and everything else. Like everyone's constantly typing about how happy they are, but it's never when they're happy. It's always like when something, you know, yeah. I know when something bad is happening in the lives of my loved ones. Cause they're talking about how happy they are on Instagram or Facebook. Right. It's always suspicious when you see the couples that are like, I'm so in love. I'm so in love. Yeah, like, like, I give that how do you, how do you, time. yeah. How do you have time to write about this then? <laughs> Thumbs up. I was in uh, Malibu uh, meeting somebody for a meeting at uh, that Moon Shadows place, and I was down by the water, and I was just kind of waiting out at the time. And I was watching this girl taking selfies of herself. She was doing it from all these different angles right, and the different right. light, and she would look beautiful, and then she just looked tragic and so sad and depressed. And oh. then she would take the picture again, and she would be elated, and then her real self yeah. would show up and. Man, it was very sad to yeah. watch and so enlightening craziness. But anyway, go on, yeah. I digress. So you, first, how did you <laughs> guess sixth try? That's very impressive. All you FBI people out there, <laughs> yeah, I have, need to give I them have, a call. <laughs> I have done it before. Like, it's, there's only so many combinations mm -hmm. that someone will have. So mm -hmm. it's a good way to get someone's attention or to piss them off. But uh, so I was divorced and I had this game for... Uh, one person only and I was now one person only and I thought that was super ironic and I sort of put it away for like a year or so and I didn't and then I met Megan and it was the last thing I wanted was a relationship I was like I'm not gonna be that guy I'm not jumping right into this again I am never gonna be with anybody because I don't believe in being with anybody I had gone completely the opposite way how'd you meet her? Mutual friends, which is the best way because you already all get along, so they must have something in common with you besides making glitter pictures of Jesus when you guys don't remember hanging out as little kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was, uh, she is, Megan's an artist, but she's more like a fine artist, whereas I do like what was once trashy pop culture art, but is now what makes people millions for some reason. And so it's been good for us to see each other's sort of outlook on life and what we make oh okay all right so it doesn't always have to be uh, do it yourself punk rock or whatever like it, there's other ways about it you can go to school for art which i still is like i'm like mm, okay what some people do and it, it works for them i guess 
Where, uh, where does the game go within itself? So the game is a post-apocalyptic medieval western, which is like, it's like, a, <laughs> like, a, like a joke genre. But it's, so you play the last minstrel, and the world has ended. And uh, you're searching for why the world ended. So it's basically a game about identity. And uh, you start in the highlands, and you end up in the forest, and then you end up in the caves. And that's like the three parts thing. And there's a beach at the end where if you can get to the end, that's, uh, that's where answers are found. If you can last throughout the game. Are you solving problems along the way? I, how do you get sometimes? Point so um, it's funny because after I made the game, I realized that it was a complete breakdown of how I view the world. So um, in the game, so you have uh, the you've got cards that are in different piles, and the place pile is where your hero token is and there's you move from place card to place card and each time that's a turn you go in clockwise or counterclockwise in a circle until you can figure out how to leave that circle which is how you get to the next deck and there's different ways like card combinations you need this so uh you need this item you need to be at this place for this item in order to get to deck two. When you get to deck two, take everything you earn from deck one and move to deck two. And then mm. deck two is a maze, and you have to figure out how to move the cards into the right order that you can get out. And things Sounds like, like that. Sounds like a cool movie. It might, but that's... Yeah, you Get maybe. your dad on that. <laughs> maybe. Maybe so. <laughs> it's weird because, like, we grew up so ultra poor in the desert where, like... We called it like the, my mom calls it the shack where we, where we were living. Like we would make our own food, and there would be like bugs in it. Like we were dirt, literally dirt poor. And uh, now he's you know doing film finance, and they live just outside of Beverly Hills. Like it's super strange. Life yeah. changes a lot, I guess. Growth. Yeah. It's all about growth. Yeah. And you know. It sounds like, as, as sucky as it is to be picked up and dragged across the country as a kid, it gives you, I think, a sense of leaping. Yeah. And for you to, in fact, you know, try six times to get a hold of that. Who does that? You know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. that's a person. That might have been OCD, but yeah, you're well, right. Well, call it, call it that. That's fine. But it's, I do think that... Those are the gifts of an unstable childhood. I think that it. I think that that's true, and I think that there is a lot about. Uh, I was just so on Halloween. When I was talking to my dad. Uh, we talked a bit about that. Where uh, I said, you know, I feel I feel kind of. I feel kind of bad for for you and some of the the kids because, uh, you all were kind of popular and you knew what you wanted growing up and 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 i had it kind of rough and i feel like everyone that i admired that did the things that they do had it really rough and i had kind of my own sort of hero's journey and i feel like you guys didn't get to have that because it wasn't as hard or something and my my dad was uh he said there's something to that and he said i remember being 34, which is my age now, he said, I remember being 34 and standing in our kitchen and thinking like, you know, it was his band had just broken. He said, I was supposed to be someone. He said, not that being a father is, no, I get it. I get it. You want, like, I get it. It's not, that's not, that's a very honest thing to say. Hopefully it won't kill me for saying that on a podcast. No, I but, think that's a very real thing to say. And I never, I've never had that feeling. I've ne oh, I was supposed to like, it's, it's more like, Things are continuing, and they will continue. I'm not supposed to have anything. I wasn't. I don't have some sort of birthright of privilege or something. Like I have what you know makes for a good story in terms of you know where I could end up, but it's all over the place. Have you gotten to the beach in your own life? No, you think? no, I'm. I've been stuck in the forest for a while. I think I just got out of the forest. So I eventually used Kickstarter to get the game funded, and it failed the first time, which was super embarrassing because people around the world were like, they saw this thing I made and people were playing it, which was awesome, but I 
I it felt like failure. It didn't mm -hmm. feel like yay. But I mean, I found all these friends and that's probably cold coffee by now. If you want to, that's all it. I need. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all these people started translating the game. I allowed people to, to like print it at home and play it to try it out. People were translating it. People started texting me and emailing me, um, and it created a small fan base of international players. And so I kept working on the game. And a year later, I launched Kickstarter again, and it blew up and it made like twenty grand or something like that. And so I got to make the game, and and uh, it was manufactured in Hong Kong. And I just it took four years of manufacturing problems and bullshit and running out of money, and hence why I'm working at a pizzeria. A very good one. A very good one where I make a really good money, but. I had to work my way into weird things. Like I work overnight, two nights a week, pretty much. I only really work three days a week. I make more than I ever did before. Cause that place open late. It was the first place I think in Nashville that was, it was my phone too. It was the first place in Nashville that was open, uh, till three or something like that. It's insane, but yeah. it's, it's good. It's and great. And it's always packed. Always packed. Yeah. And it's part. consistent, which you want that in a restaurant. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I do think mafiosos is a very consistent, you know food yeah. and yeah and service good location yeah, yeah. and uh it's it's a weird place because it's like a super tight-knit family and everyone is an artist it's it's very strange there i've met i mean they have another location where i met this guy named the weapon and we started beset together my buddy noah he drums for it. he works at this location with me and it's it's very his uh, name is the weapon we call him the weapon, yeah, because mm -hmm. he's our secret weapon, and because he might uh, hurt us if he <laughs> can't get his pedal board correct. Is he correct. like Steven Seagal? <laughs> he can kill he's, you. No, he's pinky. he's he's more like um, uh, the weapon, whose real name is uh, Giovanni Moreno. Is uh, that's a great name? It's a great name, but I call him the weapon, and uh, uh, I showed up to his house late one night when I barely knew him, but it was another thing where I was like, oh, I heard you can record music. So uh, he said, oh, pick me up uh, downtown uh, and I'll take you to my house real quick. And it was like, really late one night. And I, I found him on the side of the street dressed in a three-piece suit in the middle of the night. And we drove to his house and it was like a former like uh, a trap house drug den where I was like, holy shit, did someone die here? And he had a whole wall of amplifiers and pedals and shit. And he said, oh, let me play some. And he's plugged in his guitar. And he started strumming it and it just sounded like cassette tapes melting and doing weird stuff. And I was like, let's make a band right now. Oh, that's so great. It was super cool. I love that. So, but that, the pizza place has brought a lot of stuff to my life that I never I know, but imagined. I don't know. Just listening to you, you, there is this sense of that you say, okay, that you show up. I And again... And you take those leaps and yeah. you keep at it too. I mean, I think that's also impressive that four years, a long time, a lot of people would have given up. Yeah, when that. those boxes arrived, it was surreal. It was crazy. That you had met your goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It took four years and all of a sudden, instead of worrying about everything that could go wrong, all of a sudden I'm surrounded by boxes of this fancy card game. And cool. now... By the way, we haven't even called it by It's name. called Spell Saga. I brought you some, actually. Spell Saga. Spell Saga. Ooh, that's exciting. Alliteration. Yes. A good zip and you sounds. identify with obviously the guy you are he i think i am i think i'm the guy's name is lith, lith? the last minister lith okay yeah here lovely thank you so much You're welcome oh, the artwork is very beautiful yeah my cousin's great here this didn't shatter so you can have this too oh thank you this is your record mm -hmm. efforts presents I bought you a coffin. My wife was not happy with that title. I bought you a coffin? I thought it was great when you said <laughs> well, me this. Well, it was oh, about man. her, so she wasn't happy. But she, she likes it now. She sings it and stuff. Well, it is a thing you have to do for your loved ones, is it not? It is. Yeah. It wasn't It wasn't said in a nice way, though. <laughs> I love it. What happens next, then, with the game? Did, is, so are you I'm sending it out across the, across the world right now to everyone that paid for it four years ago. They must be excited. Uh, I ho I've been getting some super cool emails from people who who, who get it. And um, next, my cousin and I have to figure out how to get Deck 3 manufactured, which there's so many easier ways now to do stuff. Like when I started making card games, 
everything was just impossible. And it was like, well, there was like some information in the internet, like how would you even go about such a thing? And it just, I, I would just walk in a parking lot where I worked for every lunch, but just like, how, how the fuck am I ever gonna do this? This is impossible. This, I know this is what I wanna do in my life, but it's impossible. And now, you know, through the magic of Google and that everything's on the internet, like someone could come with a card game today, make it at home and get it printed in China and sent to their house in two weeks. It's, it's so easy now. I mean, getting a fan base isn't, I guess that's still hard, but. Sure. Uh, well, it must be a good game else you wouldn't have a worldwide. Let's hope so. It's, it's, I think it is. I play it and I really like it. It's a little different every time you play. Um, it's like Zelda or something like that. It's like playing a video game where it's like you can do a lot of different things. There's an overall story there, but what you do is your story, so it's a little different each time. Um, when some, it took because it is a new type of game, so figuring out how to teach people was really hard, and uh, I had a lot of friends help me figure out how to make a rule book, and it went through many iterations, and it was. So like two years ago, the rule book was 40 pages and this year it's down to 13 or something like that. Cause it gets easier and easier. Mm. It's, it helps me. It's, I'm famously bad at my own games. Like I made a lot of games grow up. My friends always beat me at them. They liked them, but I was like, I, I just, I'm not good at games. I just like to make them. So that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I have a friend named, uh, Giovannina and, uh, she, Do you only get friends who have cool names? Yeah, That's I like think so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but she she sat down with the game, and most people get in turn ten, and was like turn seven. She's like, I got it. And I just, I'd watch her sit there for like hours. She just played it by herself, and seeing how her brain worked with it because it was close enough to mine. I was like, oh, I I know how to teach people now. I can do it. So I got the rule book down to like thirteen pages or whatever, and uh, I think that will help people to enjoy it because it's well i assume there's an online culture for it too so probably they help each other that's kind of the next step is so like you know like making music it, it's hard to get people to notice it or to review it and things like that it's 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 disgustingly hard the the tabletop gaming culture is still so small that and everyone's still so lovely even even when they're not that uh to get something reviewed is fairly easy. It's usually free. You just have to send them a copy. Mm -hmm. And people are very happy to try out, especially if something's new, to make videos of it and tell other people about it. So the next step after sending out all these international packages is to open the store and uh, send out a shit ton of review copies and just keep building it into whatever it's going to be mm -hmm. and hopefully get my uh, cousin third. a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Well, family, you know. Yeah. So exciting. How can people find the game? Spellsaga.com. That's very easy. And mm -hmm. I always put links to everything oh, on cool. HeyHumanPodcast.com. Continuing on with the music, continuing on with the You're on your own hero's journey, obviously. Yeah, you got to get to the caves and the beach, yeah. Yeah. What does that mean to you? Or do you know? Do you I think just becoming... the best version of whoever I can become just to keep growing, just to not do things because I'm afraid, you know, that's, I think that's where, that's where I just need to be. I just want to get to a point where I'm doing things even when I'm afraid of them. As long as I do that, that's, I'll know I've reached my goal. Would you have any advice for little you now looking back? <laughs> Probably a lot because it all feeds into who I you are. I think about that. A lot. I think about running into my eight-year-old self. I'm sure everybody does it, but like sure. I think about it, saying, "Oh man, what would I tell you?" Like I'd probably say, you know, uh, you didn't do anything wrong because <laughs> that was always a fr I was always phrasing that you didn't do anything wrong. Uh, most of the shit people have told you isn't real. Satan isn't going to eat you. Satan is, or come to the phone lines like I was told as a child. Uh. <laughs> that was just to keep your long distance short. Your dad, your yeah. dad and mom were like, "That's really expensive. Uh, Let's tell him Satan comes Satan through the is, phone." Satan is coming through the phone lines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, am I still around? <laughs> but like, uh, uh, 
I would just probably tell myself to not be a hateful piece of shit. And because there was definitely a small section of my life where instead of dealing with my feelings in my childhood, I was just mean. I was an mm -hmm. asshole. I didn't like myself in my life. And uh, I probably just tell myself, you didn't do anything wrong and don't be a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good mantra. I think it's probably pretty good, yeah. 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 Todd, you're awesome. Thank you. Thank you for talking. Absolutely. I'm so glad you said yes. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review Hey Human on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks. Thanks.